voices to Jesus this morning and together. One voice, come on, let's sing it. Come on, yeah. They praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it arise. Let praise arise. We sing your name in the dark and it changes everything. We see with all we are, we claim your victory. Let it rise, let faith arise. We see you break down every wall. Who wants to die his fall? For fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God who breakthroughs on our side. Forever lift him high With all creation cry God we praise you Oh, 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 oh. We praise you oh, 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 oh. Come on sing it We praise be the song that overcomes the raging sea Let faith be the song that calms the storm inside of me let it rise, let faith arise. We'll see you break down every wall. Who wants to die in fall? Hope you cannot survive when we praise you. Then God who breathes through on our side, forever lift him high. Creation cry, God, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. Oh, this is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. Break down every wall. Who wants to die in fall? Hope you cannot survive when we praise you. Then God who breakthroughs on our side Forever lift him high Say God we praise you oh, 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 oh We praise you oh, 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 We praise you oh. Thank you Lord we praise him today Amen church Good morning, family. Yeah. It's a joy to be with you today. We welcome those watching from home. 
Heavenly Father, we welcome you into this place, Lord. That you would have us among your people, Lord. Lord, thank you for this time together, Lord. We lift up your name in worship and adoration, Lord. Move among us today, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. We lift up our voice. Come on, church. Because when you move, darkness runs for cover. When you move, no one's turned away. Justice wrong 
together, Lord, into revival. For your spirit, Lord. A revival in your land like we've never seen before. Revive our spirits, Lord. Revive our hearts. Revive our land, Lord. Revive our country, Jesus. Use us in a mighty, mighty way, Lord. But let that revival, Lord, stir within us, Lord, first and foremost, Lord, that it would carry over into our homes, Jesus, into our families, Lord, into our children. And carry out, Lord, into our community, Lord, into our city, into a place, Lord, that is desperate for you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Will you sing this with us, church? So these have passed away Your love has stayed the same Your constant grace remains the cornerstone The things that 
know the Lord is here. Amen. I love the Lord so much. And I know you do too. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your loving presence, your embraces all day long and all night long, Lord. Your forgiveness, your mercy, your joy, your peace. Father, your mercy. Thank you, Lord. We love you so, so much, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this worship team that we honor today, right now, and thank them for allowing themselves to be empty vessels when they approach their mics and instruments and await your anointing pouring over their lives. Thank you, Lord, for once again using them. Bless them, Lord. Bless them for all the hours that they give and practice during the week and want to do it just so for you. They give their psalms to you with excellence, Lord, and in turn, we are tremendously blessed. Thank you, Lord, for another time we have together to worship your holy name and to thank you, Lord, for the many, many blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and give him a big hug or a hand pound or whatever you need to do to tell them you love them and you thank them for being here today. Amen. You may be seated afterwards so that we can see all the metoteros out there that are standing. In the- <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> My husband would be the one back there in the back reading everything. <laughs> a doctor a lawyer, a little boy, and a pastor were out for a Sunday afternoon flight on a small plane. Have any of you been on a small plane before? Have you ever been in the roller coaster seats before? That's what they call the very back seats. Pastor and I have. When we went to Hawaii many, many moons ago, we sat in the roller coaster seats, didn't we? (laughs) I've never seen my husband so green, (laughs) literally green. But uh, here they were, and suddenly the plane developed engine trouble. In spite of the pilot's good efforts, the plane started to go down. Finally, the pilot grabbed a parachute, yelled to the passengers that they had better jump, and then he bailed out. <laughs> Unfortunately, there were only three parachutes left. The doctor grabbed one and said, I'm a doctor. I save lives. I must live. Grabbed a parachute and jumped out. The lawyer then said, I'm a lawyer, and lawyers are the smartest people in the world. I deserve to live. And he also grabbed a parachute and jumped. The pastor looked lovingly at that little boy. And he said, my son, I've lived a long and full life. You are young, and you have your whole life ahead of you. Take the last parachute and live in peace. The little boy handed the parachute back to the pastor and said, Don't worry, pastor. 
the smartest man in the world just took off with my backpack. (laughs) I said that the first service and Javier, uh, our drummer, is a lawyer. And he says, why lawyers? It's always lawyers. I said, that's just every now and then. Pastors get it every day. (laughs) But we have a lot going on in this church. Don't you agree? We have fantastic greeters that are out there that welcome you at the front door with a big smile. And they just love seeing every one of you. They always tell me, oh, it's just so great. We just love doing what we do. And that's because they love you. They love God's people and his house. Amen. And then we come inside the sanctuary and we're greeted by these wonderful ushers that are waiting and on call to do whatever pastor needs or any of you need here in the sanctuary. So, and we also have a hospitality team that usually have donuts. But did you notice we didn't have donuts today? Bummer. But we have delicious burritos. I love saying that, burritos. It kind of wakes up my tongue. (laughs) But uh, God's Warehouse is here, and they have made delicious burritos for fundraising for our homeless ministry. Amen? So please, if you can, please go out there and support their ministry. Amen. They deserve a praise offering, because they work so hard, diligently, every day. And uh, so many families and individuals are blessed in our community. Amen? Our youth also, I don't know if you've seen the rummage sale out there, but they had one yesterday, and they're carrying it over today. But they're earning their way to San Antonio this July, because it's International Youth Convention. So they are excited but it takes money to get there, right? So they have been working and working and working hard at earning their money to make this trip. So we'd encourage you to please support them as well. Well, without further ado, Pastor Hay has been giving us a tremendous series, Empowered by Vision. I married a man that's empowered by vision. Pastor Richard, yes, he is a visionary. If you have some time with him to tell you what all he sees and everything that God is doing and will do, it's amazing. And if it doesn't light your fire, then your wood's wet. (laughs) Because he is just wonderful. And he's a prime example, I think, as an empowered man with vision that God gave him. Like the pastor that was on that plane. I believe Pastor Richard is very much like that. He looks at us with so much love and says, Look, you take the parachute. You have a long life ahead of you. Live in peace. So this morning, we're going to be hearing an anointed message on how we ourselves can become peacemakers. So would you welcome Pastor Richard to his pulpit? Thank you, guys. A lot of times people go, who's your wife? This is my wife, okay? I'm a hugger, and so I hug a lot of people, men, women, and uh, but there's only one that I like, hug. Cochinos. <laughs> okay, uh, I, uh, first, I, I, I just want to say that... Uh, we uh, used to have an associate pastor. He was our youth pastor. His name is Sean Lee. He's now a minister in uh, Missouri, but he and his family are watching. 
So Sean and Charity and kiddos, we love you guys. Today is a very special day because our number two grandson, Danny, we call, I call him Danny Boy, um, just turned 15. So he's a quinceanero. <laughs> but this is Danny. So at the count of three, would you say happy birthday? Because he's watching in El Paso. One, two, three. Happy birthday, Danny. <laughs> we love you, mijito. Yeah, that's right. I embarrassed you. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm your grandpa. <laughs> you know what? Um, that's really not what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to embarrass or shame anybody, but that some of us have that gift. <laughs> and and, and that, I really want to talk about that because you know that they recently did a survey. Um, there's a man by the name of George Varna, and he does surveys, and he really does a lot of uh, research in the church. And he said that right now, the United States has never been so divided uh, on three issues. The three major issues, the top three issues that divide the United States right now. Number one, this pandemic, how we deal with it. Some wear masks, some wear don't mask. So there's arguments there. Put a mask on. Then there's those that have gotten vaccinated and those that haven't. And I'm never going to get vaccinated. Well, I did. And there's tension there. And then those that come to church and don't come to church. And uh, across America right now, that's the first reason. The second reason people are at war with each other is over ethnic racial divide, racial equality. You want to get into an argument, man, just bring up race, and oh my goodness, it's a mess. And then over politics. I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm an independent. Oh my gosh, it'll, it'll, it's, it's dividing our country. And I go, quit making, just calm down, people. Calm down. We love each other. You you could get people all riled up over, like, people know I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Okay? The Dallas Cowboys are going to be at the Super Bowl this year. They're going to be the ushers. <laughs> Along with all of your teams that lost, so get over it. <laughs> There's only four teams left, and God bless them, and you know what? But calm down. It's only a game. Some people get all shook up. They, they, we're, we're so divided over the weirdest things that ever since this, this, this new year, right now in 2022, they say that churches with in-person services have only come back at 30 to 40% of their previous attendance. I want you to know that we're really blessed Right now on a Sunday morning, we're running 54% is back in this church, okay? On Wednesdays, 62% attendance is back. So we're saying praise God. Now, in this, there's those that have chosen not to come back yet, and that's okay. Don't get all shook up. What's wrong with them? What's wrong with them is... They're making a wise choice of after they've talked to their family, 
and they don't want to be out in a large crowd. So that's fine, and that's why we have online. And our online presence, Sunday morning, we have 650 people that watch on Sunday mornings. So if you get that with the attendance we have of 650 We're running the attendance we used to have at the old church before we moved over here. And we need to realize that we're growing in the midst of that. So I say, praise God, new beginnings. Keep up the good work. Keep telling people about Jesus because people need Jesus. Have you noticed that? And people fight over everything. It's like, calm down. Everyone's uptight about everything. We need to be the peacemakers. We don't need to add fuel to the fire. I've said this before. We all walk around with two buckets. We either have a bucket of gasoline or we have a bucket of water. Use wisdom when to use which gas, I mean which bucket. If there's a fight erupting, don't add more gas. Throw water on it to diffuse it. But if someone's on fire for Jesus, throw more gas to make them burn for Jesus, right? Fired up and wired up. If someone needs to be calmed down, throw water on them. Don't really throw water on them, and that'll make them even matter. But figuratively. But if they're growing, throw water on them to grow more. You see, God is calling us to be peacemakers. He's calling us to maintain harmony in our home, in our family with our friends, with our community, with our church, to really bring a peace, a harmony where we're working together and getting along with each other. There at the school, it's, it's really something. In first service, this man came up to me, and he's an older man, and he's, he studies Kung Fu. And he said, Pastor, it's really disappointing. There's all these young kids there from, from elementary, junior high, and high school that are learning that, and all they're ever talking about is all the fights they see at their school constantly. This is the kind of world we're living in, that everyone has all this tension and aggravation, and, and we're taking it out on each other. That's because you've been isolated so long, and you're like uh, in a container that you're, you, you can't wait to get out. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, it says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not a God of disorder. He's a God of order. He's a God of structure, not disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. So, Father, help us to really live out as God's holy people should, to be people of peace, to be peacemakers, to really bring peace in every arena that we walk into. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. So I want to give you four steps, four things that we could implement in our life, four things that we could live out to really bring peace, to bring harmony, harmony in our home, peace in our home, in our family. There's families that are at each other. There's family members that that this pandemic has separated. They've told me, they go, Pastor, pray for us. My sister and her husband won't let me see them and their nieces because I haven't 
gotten vaccinated and and my mom doesn't want us at the house, any of us, and when we finally get there, it's like, oh, it's so tense and God help us. So if we're going to be peacemakers, the very first thing we need to start learning to do is don't make a judgment until you know all the facts. Until you know all the facts. In other words, you know the whole story. Once you know the whole story, then you can make a righteous judgment. Not your own judgment, but righteously, according to God's word. Because we are real quick. There's Cindy was talking about jumpers. They're jumping out of the parachute, jumping out of the airplane. Now, there's a lot of jumpers in here, but you're jumping to conclusion right away. You're always jumping, always jumping, always jumping. It's like, calm down already. But right away, something happened. Oh, didn't you, did you read? Did you see what's going on? Well, have you checked out the story? Well, they told me. They told me. They even, it was even on Facebook, Paqueveas. I saw it on Snapchat. I saw it on Pinterest. I saw it there on Instagram. If it's on the internet, it has to be true. Oh, my goodness gracious. But we take something and then we start going wild and it's not even what we said or what was said. That, that happens in families. That happens in relationships. There's times Cindy's a jumper. She jumps to conclusion. There's times I'm a jumper. I jump to conclusion and she's there. Richard, calm down. Hear the whole story out. I have to tell her, calm down. Hear the whole story out. And I say that to a lot of people. Because they start getting all amped up and they're, chill out, chillax, calm down. Because they're all riled up. Look what he says right there in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21. He says, my child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them. People don't have common sense anymore. Oh my goodness gracious, they've gone like, what's wrong with you? Have some discernment. Would that person even really say that? Is that person really like that? Why do we jump to conclusions? We go places that don't even exist. We create them in our mind. We need to back off and stop that. Another thing, look at Proverbs 18, verse 13. Spouting off before listening to the facts, is both shameful and foolish. In other words, what he's saying, bite your tongue, hold your tongue back. Don't say anything until you have all the data. Make sure you've heard both sides of the story. The Bible says only a fool listens to one side of the story. So hear all the facts, gather everything, calm down, compare it to what's true, and say, that's not even true. That's not even true. Who knows what's true anymore because people change so many different things. Here that scripture says, don't be shameful or foolish. That word foolish literally is translated, don't be stupid. Some people say, you shouldn't use the word stupid. The Bible does. Because sometimes he says, you guys are stupid. When are you going to get it? When are you going to be able to learn? Because we could be tonto, 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 tonto which is dummy, 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 dummy. Calm down, get all the facts, pull it all together, and see what's going on. Quit jumping to conclusions. Quit making a judgment before you even know all the facts. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. He says right there, so don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time. In other words, too soon. 
before the Lord returns, for he will bring out our darkest secrets to light. God's going to be the one to expose everything and make and will reveal your private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. In other words, he's the ultimate judge. We are quick to judge. We're not even supposed to judge each other. But if you judge, you're supposed to use righteous judgment. In other words, use the word of God and say, I don't think I'm anyone, but the word of God says this, and that's what you're doing. I love you, so please change your life. But we don't know how to do that. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 6, it says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sin, for the anger of God will fall all on all who disobey him. Don't be fooled. And with all the conspiracy theories today, oh my goodness, some people are so fooled, right? I don't know about you. I, don't, I, I personally don't buy the Enquirer and the Star and the Globe and all that stuff. But I'll be honest with you. When I'm at the checkout, I, lo- I look at the front page. And you know why I look at the front page? I want to see what they're trying to sell to American minds. I mean, they're still saying Elvis is alive. Elvis is alive. It's like, goodness great, if he was alive, he'd be in his 90s. And they're showing a picture when he was still in his 50s. Look, they spotted him. That was, yeah, that was 40 years ago. He died already. Hey, hey but I have a picture of my dude too. It's in the trash can. Calm down, calm down. All you Elvis lovers, oh my gosh, can't believe he said that. Hey. Ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> it's like, chill out. We need to quit jumping to conclusions. Help be the peacemaker to calm things down, bring them to their senses, and you can move on. Amen? Second thing we need to do is be sensitive and empathetic to what offends others. To what offends others. Some of us have the spoon ministry. And you know what the spoon ministry is? Some of you think, oh, feeding the people. No. Let me tell you what, the, what I call the spoon ministry. You show up someplace and you take your spoon out and you stir them all up. You get everyone all riled up and go, my job is done. And you leave all happy and they're all fighting. It's like right now that I went, Elvis. <laughs> Dallas Rocks. <laughs> And some people like to do it just to do it. Look, you, you, I shouldn't even tell you how to start a fight quickly. But just bring up politics. Bring up politics. Do you know what the word politics even means? Poly means many. Ticks means bloodsuckers. Politics, many bloodsuckers. No, calm down. I, <laughs> we had some politicians in the first service. Ay, caramba. They cornered me. Oh, really? They talked to me afterwards. Oh, thanks a lot. Making fun of lawyers and politics. Politicians, huh? And I go, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> now, see, that very thing, put the spoon away. Quit stirring it up. Be sensitive to what others get. Look, if 
someone gets all shook up over talking about the pandemic, change the subject. If they're against vaccines, change the subject. If you're for them, if you're for vaccines, change the subject. If they're against them, man, people get, oh my gosh. And there's facts on a lot of stuff, but people ignore facts because I know what I believe. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I'm a New Mexican. I'm, I'm red. No, I'm green. I'm, oh my gosh. For the record, I got a green bacon, uh, ha, uh, como bacon and egg and breakfast burrito. Hijo, it was delicious. And someone said, well, you got the green? Aren't you going to get red? I go, no, I, I, I like green more than red. Oh, my gosh, Pastor, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm all shook up. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I like green more than red. Calm down. But people get all shook up. Don't, don't bring up stuff that's going to offend people. Like, just calm down. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly how people feel. That little baby went, ah, yeah, man. We all feel like that sometimes. You guys must think I planned those things. Pinch the baby when I say this. Of course not. It's like, man, you guys are like, you guys are sick-minded. What's wrong with you? Be sensitive and empathetic to what offends people. Look, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 32, it says, Don't give offense to the Jews or the Gentiles or the church of God. But when he says don't give offense, what he's saying right there, he's saying is don't let yourself cause anyone to be offended. So don't be the cause of the offense. Don't go in there and stir it all up and get everyone all riled up and all mad because you just know how to do that. It's like some of you can't get along with your brothers or sisters. I'm talking your, your naturally born brother or sister. And your poor mom and your dad. Oh, there's Johnny and Johnny and Susie just got here. Oh, my gosh. Behave, don't be fighting with your brother. Well, they always start that. They, 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 oh my gosh. It's like, chill out. Be sensitive to how others react. Well, that's their problem. No, no, you know what? You're their problem when you have an attitude like that. First Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. So be sympathetic. Love each other. So show love to each other. Be tender-hearted with each other. And be humble. Have an, keep a humble attitude with each other. So what he's saying is, be tender. Be, understand what's going on around you. In Romans 14, verse 16, he says, then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good because you're doing it with the right attitude, the right heart. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 25, it says, when you're on your way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. 
In other words, come to a plea agreement. Settle the problem before you go even the court. We're not even supposed to be suing one another, but sometimes you have to end up doing it because they're not believers, so you have to treat them as an unbeliever, and the unbelievers work in that world, so that and you end up going to that world. But he's saying, settle things quickly. Don't go into major war. Try to have peace. Be a peacemaker. Proverbs 28, verse 11, or verse 13, rather. Proverbs 28, 13. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. So in other words, it's saying, be honest, be be straightforward, be upright, be sensitive, be empathetic, understand, feel their pain. In Romans chapter uh, 15, verse 1 through 3, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. Let's stop right there. What he's saying, they were talking about eating meat. Now, meat was fine to eat, but at the meat market, they didn't have refrigeration. So let's say they just had a big uh, a big worship, a cow to a foreign god, and then they would give the meat to the meat market. So all the little village knew, hey, they got fresh meat at the meat market. But some Christians were there, don't get that meat, don't get that meat. It was offered to idols. Like, it wasn't offered to my idol. My idol's God. That's just me. I don't believe in their God. Their God doesn't even exist. There is only but one God. So I want fresh meat. No, don't get it. So he's there, okay, chill out. Look at the next verse, verse 2. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. So we help them, encourage them, build them up. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. So sometimes they're going to be mean just because you're a Christian. Sometimes they're going to be mean just because you live the way you do. You bless your food. Oh, my God, look at them. They're blessing their food. Well, bless your food in a nice way. I'm not, I, look, we were at a restaurant one time, and there was a table on the other side of the restaurant. And the guy stood up at his table, and he goes, Heavenly Father, bless this meal we're about to receive. I'm there thinking, hey, dude, first of all, I already prayed for my food. I'm enjoying it. Quit screaming. And second of all, I was like, God's not deaf, dude. <laughs> Chill out. Quit trying to impress somebody because you're making a fool out of yourself. Right. So just just be respectful of the people around you. But if you're sitting there praying, what are y'all praying about? You know what we're praying? I know what it's like to be without food. I know what it's like to go hungry. I've, I've had a hard time in my life. And you know what? I thank God that I'm able to be at a restaurant. I thank God I could afford to be here today. I thank God that I could pay for this meal for me and my family. And I'm asking God to bless it because I don't know what the cooks have done to my food. <laughs> I'm being serious. I am straight up, man. I don't know if they dropped the steak on the floor. Five second rule. Oh, that it. <laughs> we'll burn off the germs. On their God bless my food. Are you with me? That's that's why I bless. I say thank you to God and also God keep me healthy. 
I don't know what they've done. But some people get all shook up. Let's move on. I stayed here too long. Third thing we need to do. Live within the freedom of Christ's love. Look, Christ has given us freedom. But live within the boundaries. Live within the freedom of his love. He tells us what we can do and not do. See, he's told us we can do all things, but not all things are profitable. He's going, you know what, if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. But it might be to your detriment. Someone asked me, Pastor, am I going to go to hell for smoking? I go, no, but you're going to smell like you've already been there. <laughs> the guy goes, that, that's good. That was that first service. I just... You guys are going, man, that dude's messed up, man. <laughs> he's, he's someone I could talk to like that. and But see, I, I need to get... Can you come and get the spoon, please? <laughs> That's the whole thing we're not supposed to be doing is stirring it up. And here I'm giving you lessons on how to do it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through 16 says, For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Stop right there. So he's saying, just because you have freedom, you've got to have boundaries. Oh, well, I feel like doing this. Guess what? Don't. It's wrong. But I feel like doing that. Don't. You're going to mess them up or yourself up. Verse 14. For the whole law can be summed up in one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, acarambas. Watch out! That's what acarambas means. Because of Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. We, we argue over some of the weirdest things. The weirdest things. Whose team's better? Whose team's better? Us cowboys, we always say, we got five rings. The Steelers go, we have six rings. The 49ers go, we have five going on six. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh. One big argument we just came out of, Christmas. I can't believe you even celebrate Christmas. Jesus wasn't even born around there. That's a pagan holiday. You shouldn't even have trees. You shouldn't even have a cross. Are you worshipers of the cross? Of course not. But we worship the one that it reminds us of, the one he signifies. Because Jesus suffered, died, and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. And that's why we have an empty cross, because we serve a risen Savior. And that's what that cross reminds me of. But I don't worship the cross. Oh, oh, I worship. Oh, I worship the Jesus Christ that was nailed to that cross and the one that rose to give us victory. 
Those same people, oh, you have a ring? Why do you have a ring? Because I'm married. I want the whole world to know I'm taken. <laughs> well, then live like it. Because you're living like you're still single, tonto. That means, hey, stay away, ladies. I'm married. And it should tell you, hey, stay away then, old man, because you're married. See, we need to start realizing what he's saying. He's given us boundaries. In Romans 14, verse 19 through 21, he says, so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Look, I know sometimes you go, man, dude, pastor really came down hard on us. I I didn't come to beat you down. I'm trying to pick you up. I'm trying to help you grow and get stronger in the Lord and to elevate you to a whole new level of living. So God is saying, help us up. He says, don't tear apart the work of the Lord over what you eat. Remember that all fools are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes someone, uh, another person stumble. And it is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. So those of you that always ask, so is it a sin to drink? It's a sin to get drunk. That is very clear in the Bible. Do not get drunk. Stay away from drunkenness. And for me, one drink is too little and two is too many. And let's just be straight up honest. If I was at the store and I had a six-pack of beer in my cart, what would you all think? Orale, Pastor Richard has a beer. Oh, my gosh. He was drinking beer. Right? Yeah, you would. But when you have it in your car, I don't go, ah, I'm drinking beer. I really don't. You know what I do? I pray. I really do. Because I've seen many of you with different stuff in your cart that, I go, Lord, I hope and pray they're using the right limits and boundaries with that. I hope they're not causing division in their family over that. Because I just know what it did to my family. Well, I didn't have any children, but my wife was all stressed out with me being a drunkard. And my dad was all, and my mom had already died, but my sisters, my brother, they were all crying over me. I just knew all the damage it caused. Let's move on. I'm not here to preach about that right now. 1 Corinthians 10.24 says this, Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. So be thinking of others. 1 Corinthians 10.33 says, I too try to please everyone in everything I do, but I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others. And he goes, I do what's best for others so that many may be saved. So he's saying, I, I give up my own freedom because I want to win them to Christ. So calm down. Like Cindy announced there's going to have a little family dance. It's for dad and moms to bring your kids. And some are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're going to have a dancing church. They're going to have... And the, 
The little girls are going to be on the daddy's feet and the daddy's going to be dancing. I can't believe they're even going to do that. And then under construction, it's having a dance for adults. I can't believe they're supporting the dance. Maybe you're all shook up because you don't know how to dance. I don't know. It's like, calm down. Man, people get so shook up about some of the weirdest things. I can't believe they're selling burritos in the church. Baseball caps. What's wrong with them? They got a rummage sale. So ridiculous. This is the house of God. We ought to be sharing Jesus and only Jesus. We do. We feed 400 people every day at God's warehouse. And that's how we're helping to support them. Man, don't you want to just slap people? Of course, in a Christian kind of way. A Christian kind of way. In the love of Christ. <laughs> What's wrong with us, man? What's wrong with us? We need to stay within the boundaries of love. There's so much tension out there. Look, I was at the grocery store. I feel, man, pobrecito, the grocery store people. Yeah, and for that matter, all the retail clerks, they just work there. They fill the shelves with what they get. If they don't get it, it's not their fault. Look, one snack that I really enjoy is cucumbers. Wash them real good, chop them up real thin, and put lime juice on them, and tajin. All of you guys are going to go to the store to get cucumbers. But there's not very many cucumbers anymore. And then the ones they have are all shriveled up. Like, woo, pobrecito. Mira, nobody wants you, but neither do I, dude. You're... But some people go off on the clerk. What's wrong with you people don't even have any decent cucumbers? I'm like, they don't grow them. They don't pick them. They don't pack them. They don't ship them. They just receive them and fill the shelves. Calm down. What's wrong with us? Bring me to the last point. I'm almost out of time, so let's move. Fourth point is always be humble and kind. Be humble and kind. Sometimes we want to kind of show off. We want to act better than what we are. Or at least feel equal to the ones that we're with. Look, one time I had to go to Indiana for the headquarters for the Church of God are, and I was going to this meeting. Now, I came out of corporate America. I used to be in life insurance. I used to wear real nice suits and shoes, and, and, and I used to wear... My favorite shoes were made by a, a brand called Floorshine. I really loved those shoes. They were so good, leather and... Okay, then I wore out my shoes, and I had to get new shoes, and Cindy goes, you really got to take some better shoes than those. I go, well... I can't afford good shoes. They don't even pay us. We don't. It was at the very beginning of our ministry, and and here I'm going. So I went to pay less, and I go, hey, I could get two pair of shoes for the price of half of one, and and you know, it's like. So I got some payless shoes, and I go in there and I get my shoes, and and one of the pairs were slip on. And if you men know what I'm talking about, even you ladies might remember, the top has like stitching on the edge. 
So it's almost like it's been stitched on the flap. And so I'm up there, and I, I might have cheap, they're really cheap shoes. They're, they're not even real leather. They're, they're fake, and they're, their soles are plastic, but, you know, but they look, orale, mira vato suave, you know? And so I go to this meeting, and I'm sitting there going, what am I doing here, man? All these are doctor this, doctor that, doctor this. They had four or five degrees, and, and here I'm there going, what's this chicanito doing here? You know, now, I had my degree, but in, in, in business, not, I hadn't got my Bible degree yet. I hadn't got my master's yet. I hadn't got my doctorate yet. I had, I didn't, and I'm sitting there, and so I'm so nervous in this meeting that I'm rubbing my feet. And I rubbed so hard, I tore the stitching off. So the meeting started at 8, at 10 o'clock. They go, hey, let's take a 30-minute break, go freshen up. We have some snacks. And when I stand up, my foot goes out of the shoe. Orale. My toes are going, we're free, free. So I sat down right away. I go, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And everyone cleared out of the room except my pastor was there, Dr. Davila. And, and I go, Brother Gilbert. He goes, come on, Richard, let's go get a soda and some. I go, come here, look at my shoe. He goes, what happened? I go, I paid less, now I'm going to pay more. So we were rooming together. I go, give me the keys to the car. I got to go get some new shoes. Oh, my gosh. Because I wanted to look good. Be humble. Be kind. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. See, don't think of yourself as better. Think of them as better. The Bible even says, you know what? If you've been invited to a dinner, sit in the back row. Don't sit in the front. Because if you sit in the front, they might go, sorry, sir, this is... Save for the important people. So sit in the back. I, w- I showed up to a, a thing about a year ago. I was the guest speaker. They didn't know I was a guest speaker. It wasn't even a church thing. I was speaking for the Optimist Club, the regional meeting for the Optimist Club. And I showed up, and they didn't know who I was. And they go, hello, and I go, hello. And, and, and so I just sat in the back, in the corner in the dark. And they go, hey, I could have sworn I saw Reverend Mansfield. I saw Pastor Mansfield. I saw Dr. Mansfield here. What's going on? And the one that sat me down was looking at me like, oh, these people. Why don't you sit over here? And I go, no problem. No big deal to me. I could have said, but I'm the speaker. Don't you know who I am? And they go, could Pastor Mansfield please come up here? They said they saw him, and I got up, and they go, I didn't know you were. Why didn't you tell me? It's not a big deal. Because sometimes we think we're bigger than what we are. I love this story I read about the governor of Alabama. I'm almost sure it was Alabama. It might have been a neighboring state, but it was a big outdoor picnic, and the governor was in line to get food. And they served him all this stuff. And when he got there, they had fried chicken. And they served him two pieces of chicken. And the governor goes, may I please have another piece of chicken? 
And they go, no, sir, I'm sorry, we only two pieces per person. He, and he said to the waitress, the server, don't you know who I am? I'm the governor of Alabama. And she had her tongues, and she goes, and don't you know who I am? I'm the server of the chicken, and you're only getting two pieces. <laughs> God has a way of humbling us. James chapter 2, verse 1 says, My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? Sometimes churches can be real welcoming, but only to their friends. Hey, how are you doing? Oh my God, it's good to see you. Oh, hello. <laughs> I try, I'm a hugger. That's who I am. I've been a hugger since I was a kid. That, you know, they, you know they, they teach us Chicanos. Go in there and say hi to everybody. You hug all your aunts and uncles. I hug everybody. One time I was in line in Mexico. With my grandfather, he was a big shot. He was the mayor of the town and everything. And I'm standing next to him. And the train pulled up and the governor had got out. And they're shaking in the governor's wife. And here I am. I was probably about 13. I just grabbed the governor's wife. Hey! They go, what the heck? They go, ay, ese güerito. Es el nieto de, de Don Rodolfo. <laughs> that little blondie, he's, he's the grandson of the mayor. I didn't know any better. But I try to be welcoming to everybody. Romans twelve sixteen says, live in harmony. Live in harmony with each other. Do, don't be too proud, listen to this, to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Oh, man, how many of you know some know-it-alls? Don't raise your hand, please. Aren't they just like, oh, they think they know it all. Nobody can tell me anything. I know everything. And they don't even know everything. <laughs> One, they don't know that they're a know-it-all and that they don't know everything. If you knew it all, you knew how dumb you really are, but you don't even admit you're dumb. You don't even admit you can learn anything. You're too arrogant. I can't learn from anyone. Oh, my gosh. Oh, another one you just want to, in the name of Jesus. You can't enjoy ordinary people. What does that even mean? There's some churches in our city that bring people to our church because they say, go over to New Beginnings. Go with Pastor Mansfield. They'll accept anybody. Amen. Aren't you glad we accept anyone? You guys accepted me. Who do we think we are? We're going to stand before Almighty God. Oh, Lord, I hope you're giving me a good section of heaven. Actually, uh, we don't even have a place for you. Bye! Man, what's wrong with us? Let's finish, let's finish. Proverbs 3.3. 3. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. James 3, verse 6. 
and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set the whole body on fire, for it, for it is set on fire by hell itself. There's life and death in the tongue. Let you speak life, speak hope, speak promise. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. That's not just saying don't cuss. Somebody could cuss you out and never say a cuss word. You know what? They could tell you off and you know exactly what they are saying. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. It's hard to speak life when you don't have life. If you don't have Jesus Christ, he's the beginning of life. And if you've never surrendered your life to him and you want to do that today, say, that's me, Pastor. Any, anyone want to receive Christ? Raise your hands. Anyone over here? Anyone over here? No? Yeah? Somebody? Over here? They told me over here someplace, but all I want you to know is it's the greatest decision you're making in your life. And if you raised your hand, let, let me just pray with you. Because you really are making the greatest decision of your life. And if you raise your hand, you want to receive Christ, stand to your feet right now. If you want to, if you've never done that, I'm I'm, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray with you. So would everyone say this prayer with that person? Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Today I want life. So I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise God. If that was you, can you make your way up here real quick? I just want to give you a quick hug. I don't know where you are. You might be going through something... might be going through something where you're really hurting and falling apart and and you really need God's strength it might not have anything to do with today's sermon but it might be that you are God's peacemaker he's called you to bring peace in your family your home or work or school maybe you have some bad news concerning your health your marriage I got a phone call yesterday I was praying and crying with a friend of mine whose wife said, I want a divorce. And I was brokenhearted for him. And I was weeping with him saying, calm down, slow down. Let's get all the facts. Sometimes we say things we don't necessarily mean. I was trying to help them. I don't know what you might be going through, but if you want prayer, please feel free to come up. We want to pray with you. I love this song. It's a time to just be able to testify of the great God we have. Jesus, we love you. Would you stand to your feet as we sing this song? And if you want prayer, make your way up. We'll pray with you. And just stand with you in agreement.
If not, then we'll close in prayer pretty soon. Sing it out, come on. Cause all these have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. The things that we
Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your overwhelming goodness and mercy. Father God, I pray that, Lord, you minister to every life here and those online. I pray that you touch them and encourage them. I pray, Father God, that you would help them and use them. I'm using the handheld. Continue to help us, encourage us. Use us to minister supernaturally. Father God, I pray that you heal the wounds, heal the relationships, and let us be the peacemakers, the ones bringing harmony in our family, our home, our marriage, our friendships, our church, and our relationships. And Lord, we pray this in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen. We love you, church. On the way out, make sure you give your love to somebody. Tell them you love them. God bless you.